Hey, cool dude, can I play too? Uh, uh, it's only a one-player game. Then how come it says second-player score? You're listening to the Second Player Speaks podcast with NerdPunk's Second Player Score. Alright, so here we are with another episode of Second Player Speaks. We are Second Player Score, and we have uh, Brian, Kyle, and Dan here. And we're going to talk about, what are we going to, today's kind of a kind of a random grab bag, I think. We're going to talk about, um, well, for the music section of the episode, I think we're going to talk about uh, music format. And this was inspired by the beer that we had gotten, which we'll get to later. But first, um, we, you know, it, it's a subject about um, like what kind of music format you know do you, do you listen to music in it's like you know is it cds or vinyl or cassettes or digital or like you know what are the pros and cons of both or i, I think it largely it's a generational thing i guess like i mean depending on when you grew up like you know like kids nowadays i mean some of them maybe they don't know you know cassettes or whatever or some of them do i, I don't know i mean um i think it just kind of depends like you know if uh you know what 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 you're exposed to or like it's may it may or may not be a generational thing but uh i don't know uh <laughs> well, i mean it's definitely to to an extent it's generational i mean you know like like uh our generation uh we we started off on records now by the time you get to Dan's generation which was you know shortly after us then probably the first thing he ever saw was cassette he didn't even Maybe yep. know there were records Cassette tapes, yep. unless unless maybe his dad had a collection, you know. Um, so a lot of kids like my kids never saw a record and they knew what cassettes were. Um, but by that point, like CDs were coming into play mm-hmm. uh, and even MP3s were coming into play. Just at that point, like there wasn't iPods yet. The MP3 players that they had were pretty stupid. And, uh, but you know, it was the upcoming technology. So yeah, it's definitely generational, I guess, from an exposure level. And so now it seems like to some of the younger generations, the older formats are now like a novelty, right? you know? So, uh, but people, people are like, well, uh, what was, there was a, um, at the end of last year, I think it was, I saw an article saying that like last year, physical uh, media, like music, outsold um, uh, digital music for the first time since whatever year or something. Oh, so it's making a comeback. Yeah. But I mean, I think it's, but, but realistically, it's only coming back because people are seeing these things now as like collector's items. I mean, mm. people are like, like you and I, we we didn't have a we we didn't have like a, a a cassette collection because we were collecting them. That's how we listened to music. Right. I mean, you didn't unless you listened to the radio. I mean, you didn't have any other way to listen to music but cassettes. So of course you had a collection. You had to, mm-hmm. you know. And uh, but there there wasn't any other any any other choice. Now there's a choice. So if you have a bunch of cassettes, it is specifically a collection. Or, you know, 
records or or whatever. I mean, it's now a novelty kind of a thing. Yeah. But I think for the for the younger generations, uh, it's 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 more popular even than it is for the generations that grew up with these things. Like for me, I mean, yeah, I'm I'm kind of slowly building a collection and it's nostalgic. But for these younger generations, it's like a big deal, mm-hmm. you know. And like, they're you know, is Blink One Eighty Two putting out vinyl? You know, because uh, they don't want to buy CDs. People don't want to buy CDs. What's the novelty of that? Yeah, it's you not know? cool anymore. Yeah, they yeah. know what that is. Um, but yeah, unless you want, unless you want a collection or whatever, I mean, there's no point. Yeah. Because what it all boils down to is that uh, MP3s. Maybe not the best sound quality, but dude, you can have like thousands of songs in your phone and you don't even have to do that anymore. You can just have a streaming service and have a kajillion songs at your fingertips right. at any point in time, right. you know? So, I mean, from a, uh, I guess, um, what, what would be, what, what viewpoint... I guess just from the 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 ease of use, uh, it's just ridiculous not to have like the Spotify account or whatever. Mm-hmm. It's just fu- it's just too fucking easy. Right. But yeah, if if you're really into a, if you're really into certain bands or or whatever, you might want to have a collection of whatever other uh, older media. Yeah. You know, it's kind of it's kind of cool to have it. You know, yeah. I know right now I'm kind of personally. Trying to find one record player that works. <laughs> I've we we uh, my wife got me this one online, uh, and it's like a new one, but the sound on we, we it's just terrible, and we can't figure out why. We don't know what to do to fix it, uh, and and I think I realized too late to actually warranty the thing, uh, but something's wrong with it. So we just figured, oh well, we'll find another one. Well. We found one up in the attic. Uh, I think it was her grandma's. We're like, ah, we'll give this one a shot. The motor is like frozen, so we can't get the turntable to move. And then uh, I got one from uh, Goodwill. This thing was super cool. Obviously, it did not go there for a record player, but this thing was cool. It was like this behemoth of uh, you know seventies uh, record players, and um, I mean, it just looked super cool. And so I'm like, ah, I'll take this. You know, I had a little receiver in it and the whole deal. And I get it home, and the the stylus is all screwed up on it. So I did order one of those, and I put that in there. And then uh, kind of find out, you know, when you actually get a record on it and get it spinning, the motor on that is on its way to going out. And I'm just like, <laughs> son of a bitch. Yeah, so I'm like, I'm just going to go and find, like, a good record player somewhere and uh, so I can at least listen to these records, you know, because there is a different sound. Does it sound do. better? Does, does it, vinyl really sound better? Because mm-hmm. I, I, I've, I've never had, I've actually never had a turntable or record player. Like I, oh, me too. Just for, I'd never for, know. for various reasons, I've just never had that. And I don't know. I mean, like, I mean, I, I, I get, I mean, I'm, I'm a musician, but I'm not necessarily an audiophile. So I can't really, like, I'll, I'll listen to stuff on MP3 versus CD or whatever. And it's like, it sounds basically the same to me i don't know i mean like you know yeah. so does vinyl really sound that much better uh i don't know if it's better it's different um so is know, vinyl I, like the m like mp3 versus wave sort of thing is that like cassette versus of, vinyl uh the thing that i guess the best i've ever heard it explained was that when 
you listen to something on vinyl, it's a warmer sound. Right, I've heard that. And uh, and I do like it. Um, I you know I I grew up with a record player, um, you know, until the Walkmans came out. Mm. Um, my dad had a cassette player, but uh, before he got that, I I had um, I had a you know little record player. And so I think my first record I got was uh, like Kiss Destroyer or something. Mm-hmm. I think it was Kiss. Yeah, I was huge into Kiss. Actually, even before that, uh, <laughs> even before that, uh, my first record was actually a forty-five. All right. Um, and it was Andy Gibb on yep. one side and the Bee Gees on the other. Nice. Which I was cool with because I was uh, I was probably six. And I was really into roller skating at the time, and so of course <laughs> there was there was not a lot of Kiss being played at the roller rink, but oh, there was oh, there was yeah. a lot of disco yeah, being the, played. The Bee Gees kick ass, man. So yeah, yeah. so we so yeah. that's I started off with the Andy Gibb and the yeah. So I on the pop side, you know, then I loved Andy Gibb, the Bee Gees, and Leif Garrett or Leif Garrett. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and then, because uh, I think Leif Garrett did a episode, he did like a performance episode on chips. Huh. So that's right. So I thought he was cool. And then, uh, but all life changed when I saw uh, Kiss mm-hmm. in 1976 on the Paul Lind Halloween special. Mm. Those guys come out like shit is blowing up. They are coming down out of the ceiling. And they they're starting out with Detroit Rock City, mm-hmm. and I'm I'm six years old. Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, what the hell is this? I'm sure that this uh, left is an impression. Amazing. Right, right, right. right. And uh, I I lost my mind. And I'm sure. So yeah. But anyway, um, but yeah, warmer is what I think. Is, right. is oh, so what I, analog versus digital battle still because yeah, there's still tubes yeah. and record players and stuff right yeah what, well what do you, I don't know about now now everything's solid state you know what do you guys listen to now like what's your what's what, what's your format of choice today of choice I it's my iPod honestly it's from high school it's still alive wow I don't know what to do when it dies I mean like I will be heartbroken like so a child dying. Even in your car, right? You're like, that's yeah, what you, I can you plug, plug it in. in. Yeah. yeah, I can, yeah. Uh, it's still alive. I don't know why it's, it's the sixty gig video that from like two thousand and two. Like it's is an anomaly. It shouldn't be alive. The battery should have died <laughs> by now. But there's like two thousand something songs on there and like, okay. How do I change this format over? That's a big headache later on. Let's deal with that later once the iPod dies. Right. But that's my go to thing. Like I plug it into work. Hopefully, it's something appropriate plays. You just go random and just, <laughs> all right, this will work or whatever. But yeah. it's an iPod, yeah. Right. But what about you? Um, realistically, uh, I'm I'm good with streaming, mm-hmm. um, be, because of the portability. Um, but like in the car, if if I have the choice of a CD, I do like the CD better. Just because, I mean, it it is a little bit better. Uh, it's not it's not like this huge uh, difference, but it's enough to where it's like if the options there, I'd rather listen to the CD because I know it's lossless. It's the wave. Mm-hmm. But realistically, I'm good with streaming. I'm good with just a Spotify. I I know that maybe like um, you know 
some people are kind of like, oh, you know, that's not supporting the artist. Okay, first of all, I am an artist, and uh, I'm fine with people streaming our shit, too. It's really just the way it goes. If people are buying your stuff and supporting you, I mean, that is super cool. I'm down with that. If that's what people want to do, like, I'm cool with people, like, like trying to sell their CDs and stuff. I mean, we try to sell our CDs, but but trying to pressure people into it, I'm not down with that. I mean, if, if, if it's something you want to do because you really like the band and you want it as like a collector's item or like a souvenir, that's cool. Yeah. But I mean, to try to expect people to have like these huge CD collections, why? I mean, these people can have every album you've ever made and 500 other bands as well at the press of a button. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just, uh, yeah, I mean, it, it's completely screwed up the, the music industry, but there's no going back. Yeah, You're not going to be able to suddenly make people buy media to, you know, take back the music industry. I just don't think that's going to happen. So, I mean, I'm just going with the flow. It's not a big enough difference to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, you know, there are other avenues of, I, I guess, uh, you know, financial gain. Uh, and, I mean, you know, if you do get to the point that you're, like, mainstream or whatever, you make money off freaking uh, uh, streams. Sure, yeah. You know, it, as long as you didn't sell all your... I know, like Peter Frampton said recently, it's like... There was like million fucking whatever of this and I only made like a thousand bucks or whatever. It's like, yeah, but uh, I think I saw somebody did kind of a uh, an article on that and they were like, well, yeah, but he, he made a thousand dollars, but he, these people have rights to it. These people have rights to it. These people have rights to it. You know, those people all got money as well. For us, we own all the rights to all our shit. So we would get all that money. We wouldn't have to be splitting it up with anybody. You know, so for us, if we had like a million streams of something, it would certainly be better for us than like Peter Frampton or whatever. But but anyway, that's besides the point. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) I'm cool. I'm cool with MP3s Mm. Um, and streaming even like I'm not worried about. I mean, it's cool when people buy our stuff. Trust me. I love it. But realistically, if they're streaming it, I'm fine with that too. What about YouTube? Like, I listen to CDs in the car, but on the computer, because now computers don't have CD players anymore. Yeah, that's disappointing. <laughs> Cars too, no CD players. Yeah, yeah, I know. I mean, sucks. I, yeah. So uh, actually, on that, so on, you know, on the computer, like when I'm working, like if I'm writing or whatever, you know, like, um, I, I listen to a lot of YouTube. Yeah, I, you know, I well, and YouTube does have like. Uh, you know, just uh, you you can subscribe to them now, and I, I'm not exactly sure what the deal is with that. I know that when, okay, so my daughter used to have Google Play uh, mm-hmm. music, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and then they went away. And what to stay with Google, you could roll your account into a... YouTube Red account, I think. It yeah, was. yeah, it's the one without commercials. Mm. Yeah. Oh, okay. So that's what it was. Okay. Well, and they, they put exclusive stuff like that, um, like the, the Karate Kid right. reboot, sort of. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. So the Cobra at, Kai. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> at that point, it didn't make sense to me how that was going to work, you know. So I just said, "Ah, eh, screw it. We're going with Spotify." 
Yeah, you know, I'll, I'll never buy it. We just got, <laughs> we, yeah, we just got, I, I got her a Spotify account so she could listen to all her shit. And, uh, uh, it, you know, she loves it. Um, maybe if I knew more about the YouTube, but just not like on it, like what you're saying. Yeah. I've done that before where I've just, you know, popped up YouTube on my computer mm-hmm. and found somebody's playlist and just hit go. Yeah. Um, when I went to, um, uh, heavy metal brewing down on uh, Mill Point. Mm-hmm. I went there one day, and um, uh, that's what they had playing on all the TVs. That was their music. There was they had like um, playlists playing off of uh, YouTube oh. uh, mm-hmm. on all the TVs, and then the sound system, mm. and that was really cool. You know, I, I I don't know what they were picking specifically, but you know, it was. Basically, what you would probably expect to hear on like um, uh, 105.9 or something, you know, mm. just oh, your huh. basic yeah, rock yeah. station. K Town does whatever. that too with all the K pop stuff. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, and we're going next week, by the way. <laughs> Woohoo! Yeah. We're going next week. All right. <laughs> yeah. K Town. Korean what? barbecue, all you can eat. <laughs> Sponsor <laughs> us. <laughs> uh, okay, well, yeah, I mean. Um, I don't know what I was gonna say just there. Well, I mean, <laughs> I'm like, thinking about K Town. Yeah, I'm, you I'm very like distracted. Movies and stuff are going that way too, like DVDs versus like Netflix and all that kind of streaming yeah, versus tangible. Yeah, moving thing. to is kind of a streaming format, right? So. Yeah, like, it's kind of like a pride of ownership thing for me. It's like if, like, I still have one of those DVD trees where you can turn it around and be like, oh yeah, check out all this stuff. But then like when I'm on my Netflix things, like. You can't really show that off. It's like, oh, look at my playlist. You know, yeah, it's, yeah. it's kind of like, ah, uh, give me that tangible thing. You yeah. know, like if their server goes down, then what? I'm all my money's gone. I, th- I think part of it too, and so that's why I think it's important for like, you know, if you're a band or if you're like some kind, of, any kind of a content creator, like uh, to develop a brand that you know develops like loyal fan loyalty. Because then you know they're, they're gonna want like you were mentioning earlier you know, like it's like a co- kind of a collector's item right where like right, yeah. you want mm-hmm. to own the stuff that you know this band or or this movie studio or whoever put out mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. just because like you, like you like to see that you know like like you said like pride of ownership you know like like for me like with you know with Stereo Pony and yeah I mean I can listen to their stuff on YouTube all day long but I wanted to have the CDs I needed to have the CDs because I just love them so much yeah that I need to see I need to like open my CD collection. Yes, I have all the ceremonies. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's like so the old days of flipping through your like your friend's CD book to figure out what to listen to in the car, kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's yeah. a quite strange sense of satisfaction, I think, from that. So. It is yeah. no, it is nice to you know. And there's you know bands that like we know personally and stuff. I do like to like uh, buy their media, and uh, but I know like for us, uh, it's always been a thing to have. Um, you know, jackets and stuff that mm-hmm. were worth looking at. You know, uh, I know that like the first album we did, um, you actually made it here with Torin, the the cover. But like the inside, I mean, it had it still had it had all the lyrics for the songs. It had it had uh, was it all pictures like backgrounds of all the other like ideas we had for covers yeah from other artists um, and stuff and, and then but then the second album then we actually had an argue that art an artist do that right and it was freaking killer artwork man. oh yeah, yeah. Uh, made a great t-shirt i mean people still like talk about that t-shirt and mm. um uh you know and in there once again all the lyrics and and um 
you know, cool, cool artwork behind everything. And, and, uh, and then, of course, you know, for the Glorified album, I mean, the artwork's like off the frickin' chain um, with the anime or the ma- manga uh, cover right. and everything. I mean, that was freaking amazing. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, you know, taking it kind of back to what was so cool about records back in the day was that it wasn't just the music on the record. It was what was the cover going to be like, mm-hmm. the, the the jacket of the record. Yeah. That yeah. is freaking cool. Like, um, so um, I know I have the Queen album. I and, and, of course, my mind is totally spaced out. Um, God, the one with the robot on it. Oh, the one that scared Stewie and Family Guy? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, it scared the <laughs> yeah, shit yeah. out of me when I was a little kid, too. It scared the shit out of me when I saw it, you know? See, and I, I can't even think of the title but, either. I know I the Family Guy reference. <laughs> it, wasn't, it wasn't scary like like I didn't want to look at it. It was scary like, like I'm scared, but yet I'm intrigued and I must see more. Um, who else? Uh, Molly Hatchet. Molly mm. Hatchet had all the like Dungeons and Dragons kind of looking yeah, uh, covers, yeah. You know, but yeah, I would go to the record store, uh, and uh, you know, or we'd go to the mall. My parents would go off and do whatever they're doing, and they're like, "Well, w- if we leave you alone, where 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 are we going to leave you?" You know, and I'm like, "I'm going to go to the record store," you know, because I mean, I would of course would want to go to the arcade, but uh, I mean, I had an allowance of uh, what fifty cents a week. So oh, yeah. it didn't take <laughs> long to burn seconds, through that yeah. at the arcade. <laughs> so um, anyway, um, so I um, uh, I would go to the record store and I would just go through all the records. I mean, I was just fascinated by the artwork, mm, you know, yeah, whether, yeah. whether it was a band that I liked to listen to or not. The artwork may have been like just totally fucking cool. And I would just stare and look at those things. You know, it was amazing. So I mean, that's all you had to work with, too. I mean, did the, I'm assuming they didn't have little stations set up like they do now. Where you can put on headphones and listen to a track or something. Oh, or no, no. You had to kind of either you either were flying by the seat of your pants or you were buying it because you heard something on the radio. Yeah. You know, Casey yeah. Kasem was uh, telling you that this was the <laughs> cool thing to be listening to right now. You know, Uh but yeah, I mean, that, so that was cool. So that was one thing that I like is that, I mean, we've always been, I think we've always really tried uh, hard to m- make it to where, like, if you have, if you if you spend the money on our album, we're going to give you something to not only listen to, but to look at. Yes. Yes. Know? So I, I think that is definitely part of it uh, for me, mm-hmm. you know, and, and why I like to, you know, I do like to have CDs yeah. and stuff like um you know, uh, Stab in the Dark, man. They're uh, Shanghai. That's such a cool album cover. I like the art on that. You yeah, know? yeah. Mm-hmm. They've always had, like, really cool, like, their shirts and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, it's never anything, like, super intricate or whatever. It's very simple designs and stuff. Although, Shanghai, I think, was the, the most in-depth art that they had, had done. Uh, but some of their T-shirts and stuff, real simple designs and stuff, but really cool. And very indicative of, like, their personality and their style. You know? Yeah, yeah. And with that, we have come to the beer portion of the show. <laughs> we skipped right over the pop culture, which is fine. Right on. Because we had nothing to talk about this week. So. <laughs> Music is well, pop culture. That's true. We, we all had, like, weird, like, little snippets of stuff to talk about, but I don't think anything of too much substance 
I that's okay. I've seen this. Before. Have you seen this before? Okay, so yes. the uh, the beer of the week is uh, from Breakside, from right here in Portland, Oregon, and this beer does not seem to have a name. It just it's it just says India Pale Ale. I see. And I then what, what? I have what? seen this before. I got this for somebody. There's no there's no name. It just says. What does that Splendiferous. say? Splendif- Splendorous. Splendorous Northwest, Northwest hops. hops. Is that the name? I uh, guess. That sounds like an ingredient. Yeah, I don't know, but uh, like there's an eagle on it. And anyway, I, I, I picked it up because it says, taste like vinyl sounds, which is, uh, which is where the inspiration for the, uh, you know, this week's discussion came from. So uh, if it does taste like vinyl sounds, we will find out here. All right. Well, I'm going to take a little shot here. Ooh. It smells incredible. Wow. Mm. What just happened? That is splendorous. (laughs) This this is like a hop explosion. Yeah, but it's not like offensive. It's not bitter. It's like... That's really very hoppy. hoppy. And I like like hoppy. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I'm definitely... I don't mind getting, like, punched in the face by the hops, but Mm -hmm. uh, this is like... Smooth, yet hoppy. Yeah, I if so, this would have been great for me to have been drinking like in my early days of uh, being a beer snob, because um, I didn't really like IPAs mm. uh, in the beginning. I hated them actually. <laughs> and okay, it, and it wasn't until like, uh, and I'm sure that it was a taste thing. You know, I started getting more towards like, you know, bitterer beers. Uh, as as time went on, yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, this would have been perfect, you know, back when I was just trying to get into the more hoppy beers, because mm. it's not offensive. It's not, you know, it doesn't just like overpower. Yeah, no, I I really like this. Wow. This would be a good gateway to the hop world. Yeah, the you said you, so you said you've good. had you've had this before, or uh, a couple of years ago, two mm. or three years ago, I think I had this. Um, I think I got it like in my stocking or something. Okay. And uh, yeah, I really liked it. Um, so when I saw, I, I didn't know what you had gotten until I finally saw the bottle when you brought it out. But I was very happy when I saw it. I'm like, well, I, I remember this being very good. I like pretty much anything I've ever had from Breakside. They are they are a, a consistently good uh, brewery. Splendorous is how it reads. <laughs> Splendorous Northwest Hops. Do they have a do they have a brew pub in town or um I don't think in Vancouver they don't but well, I mean in Portland I, because they're, yes. they're I do believe that they do have um a brew pub somewhere. Okay. Well, um yeah, I this is really good. It is yeah. Breakside makes fantastic stuff. And anytime they've ever been at like any of the fests that we've been to, um I've I've always gotten whatever they had oh, there. Oh, yeah, yeah. And yeah, no, I, I've always liked it. Yeah, always. Yeah. yeah. Huh. They, are, they are definitely, uh, like, um, a good choice. Like, if you're looking at, you know, you're looking at the wall of beer at, like, the bar with all the chalkboards of different beers and stuff. Mm-hmm. If I'm not certain about anything, like, Breakside is one of the, beers like one of the breweries that i'll just go like 
if I can't figure out anything else, yeah, I always I'll go get to Brightside. <laughs> because it's always mm-hmm. a sure bet. Sure. Like, right. whatever it is. As long as whatever it is that they have isn't, like, you know, 9.8% or something. <laughs> yeah. You know. Yeah, they got one in Slabtown. Sweet. Brightside Brewery. Yeah. Right on a tasting nice. room in Milwaukee, huh? Yeah. Well, we'll have to go check it out. Yeah. Field trip. Next time. Yeah. I dig it. It's good stuff. How do you... So, like, what is the key to making a beer that's like very hoppy but not offensive like is there some kind of secret to that or what is the trick um well i mean i'm sure that there's a lot of different ways to do it um the way that that i know to do it is uh first of all just knowing knowing the the alpha acids of your your um hops so the higher the alpha acids the more bitter it's going to be um and so uh, also, you know, there are some hops that are just good for bittering. So you just put them in at the beginning of the boil. Uh, and then there's some that are, are more like floral or fruity or whatever. They have more of like a flavor and a, and a scent to them. Mm-hmm. And those are ones you want to put towards the end. Because what happens is is that, you know, we've talked about this before, is that the, the flavors that you get are the cohumulone right. in there. And the longer you boil the hops, the more of that cohumulone that gets boiled off. It, it goes away with all the steam. Mm. You, you lose all that stuff. So, like, for me, what I do is uh, I put in all my bittering hops at the, in the beginning of the boil. And then what I've been doing is uh, when I, um, I actually let my beer cool on its own. I don't force chill it. Mm. Um, and... Uh, so what I do is I pour it into the fermenter uh, after it gets out the stove, and then I seal it up, and I and I put any of the um, late addition hops that I'm going to do, I put that in there because none of the steam actually leaves. It stays in there. It stays in the condensation, uh, and uh-huh. which which just I just shake up the fermenter a little bit the next gotcha. day, yeah, and let all that fall back in. Uh, and then, um, uh, so I get all those floral notes or the fruity notes or whatever, and all that stays in there, you know? Yeah, you don't um, boil it off. Okay. And I'm sure, scientifically, I know that there's, like, explanations for all this. And, and I've even had a guy that uh, at the Bruce store that was like, well, he goes, scientifically, what you're saying, I, and I don't remember what it was we were talking about exactly. It was about hops. And I was telling him something that I did, and he goes, scientifically, I, I don't think that that's supposed to work. But he goes, are you getting the flavor that you want? I'm like, I am. He said, then you're doing it right. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's like, I mean, no, I am certainly no fucking Heisenberg of beer, you know. But uh, I I know what works for the flavor I'm trying to get. Well, that's all, got, you know? that's all that matters so, then. But yeah, so I think these guys... They probably use a lot of late edition hops. Mm. And so that way you get that bitter flavor that you're looking for in the beer. But um, because they maybe use uh, lower alpha acids or maybe they, the other thing that you can do is you can do uh, secondary where um, after after fermentation has completed, uh, you throw in hops and then you let that sit and it's called dry hopping. Okay. And so there you get the nose. They call it, you, you get the nose of the, of the, um, uh, hops ah. and it doesn't add any bitterness at all. 
but you get like the the flavors and the the smells mm. uh, only. And so that was the first IPA that I had that I really liked was some homebrew that this guy did where it was a black IPA. And he it was pretty bitter already just with what he had added during the boil. But he added in a crap ton of citra hops um, in the as a dry hop. It was so good hmm. because it, it gave you the, a lot of what you like the good hoppy part without overpowering with the like too much bitterness. Okay. Yeah, and it was, it was black? Good. Yeah. It, like, like it just, poured like did it physically look black or yeah, was just Yeah, yeah. He just added in some really dark malt. Like it doesn't take much. Um uh. he added in like probably a couple ounces of uh really super dark malt. There's a couple malts out there that are black. There's like a midnight wheat. There's um, talking like Guinness dark or like darker dark. Yeah, no, like Guinness dark. Uh, and um, you know, just give it, give it, it, it. It just made it a little different. I think they call mm. ah, what do they call that? It's like uh, I think it's called a Cascadia IPA. Is basically like any of the black IPAs. They call them a Cascadia. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, anyway, so. It was uh, it was really good though, and and that's so uh, that was how I found ways to get like hoppier beers, but without making them offensive, you know, because they yeah they can be offensive. Yeah, <laughs> I, I almost got. Like, I mean, I did find like there's ways to go too far in the other direction too, because like I was I I remember uh, I like Magnum hops because you can use those as a bittering hop and they work really well and they have a high alpha acid. But what I didn't know is that they, they have almost no cohumulone comparatively to like other ones. And so I used some Magnums for uh, an IPA I made one time. And I remember like drinking this IPA going, man, this is really weak, <laughs> like really weak. But I, but, but the, but I mean, you know, it, the, uh, the, um, levels of it, which, you know, there were IBUs were like fucking 80 or 90. It should have just been, I should have been like puckering up. <laughs> I wasn't getting anything. And so what I, you know, so I, when I went to the brew store, then they were like, well, remember when you took the class, we talked about cohumulone and stuff. And they said, you mm-hmm. need to look at this chart. <laughs> I'm looking at it and it's like got the cohumulone, like magnums all the way down to the bottom. So all you're getting is bitterness and no anything else. Uh. And so anyway, so I played around with that a lot. And remember I made those uh, IPAs, like I did four of them in a row, all the same only changing the um, way that I was hopping it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I learned a lot from that one mm-hmm. um, and how, where, and when you add the hops, it can make a big difference for yeah. you. So, All right. Well, um, I th- we're just about out of time, uh, but uh, let's answer the question. Does this taste like how vinyl sounds? It does to me. Okay. <laughs> no, I'm down. Like, like this. Okay. Uh, you know how we were saying how uh, um, so you have music and you have it on MP3 and you have it on vinyl yeah. and on vinyl it tastes a little warmer. Mm-hmm. Exactly, exactly with this. There this you go. is an IPA, but it tastes a little warmer, a little more inviting than like just your typical. All right, well, very good. Okay, so that's uh, the end of another episode of Second Player Speaks. So we're Second Player Score. We are a band, but we're also more than a band. We make comic books and novels and all kinds of stuff. So check us out at our website, secondplayerscore.com. Also, anywhere where music is found. 
And uh, yeah, um, anything to add? Happy New Year. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Happy New Year. All right. Mahalo. Laters. Bye, everybody. You've been listening to the Second Player Speaks podcast with Second Player Score.